If my father were alive today, he'd tell you all to fuck off right now. They're not the words one typically hears at the start of a funeral service. But then again, this was not just any funeral service. It was an outlaw bikey's funeral. And what was I doing there? I'm actually pretty scared of bikies. My first encounter with the bikey was at the ripe old age of 12. My mum had let me go with some friends to the movies on George Street in Sydney on the first day of school holidays. If you're not familiar with George Street, it's one of the main streets in the city. It's vibrant, busy, overcrowded at times. Well, it was pre-pandemic anyway. The cinema has fast food joints everywhere, and being lunchtime and school holidays, the place was bustling with all manner of people. We decided to go to McDonald's. As we walked, a fist crashed into the side of my head. I hit the ground pretty hard. Remember, I was only 12 years old. And I heard some angry dude in a leather jacket yelling at me about that I'd walked in front of his woman. I had no idea what, I was on, what he was on about. I was pretty scared. I was very upset. One of my friends told him he was such a hero for punching a kid before said friend ran off into the safety of McDonald's. I've played at pubs where bikies have turned up and things have gone sour pretty quickly. I played at a bikey clubhouse once, but that's a story for another time. Needless to say, I'm always on my best behaviour when around them, and I do everything I can not to draw, draw any attention to myself, or even look at them. So what was I doing there? I was actually booked to play music at this funeral. An agent, the inimitable fairy, fairy gig mother of JB's Entertainment Agency, had called me a few days prior to this event. She had filled a request from the gentleman who addressed the crowd in aforementioned manner to, to provide guitar music for the service, but nothing that was recognisable. The man who had passed away was a massive fan of the guitar and his father. From what I understand, he loved all manner of guitar styles, but the son did not wish to hear anything he recognised at the funeral for fear that one day in the future he would hear it again and be reminded of this sad day. The fairy gig mother felt that I was the one to take on such a job because I have hours of, of obscure fingerstyle pieces in my repertoire that most will not recognise. Alternatively, I could play my own compositions that most won't recognise either. He was very unlikely to hear something I wrote as an instrumental blasting out through Woolies when he was shopping there a few months later. Now this was midsummer, and it was very hot. Midsummer in Australia can be 40 to 50 degrees some days. Not common, but it does happen. The funeral was held at a cemetery which was inland from a country town. The temperature for the day was predicted to be around 45 degrees. In fact, this location went up to over 50 degrees by the afternoon when I arrived. I had taken my nylon string Godin guitar and a battery powered amplifier with me. I also had a suit, tie and a dress shirt in the car. This was not the day for me to drive for a couple of hours in that sort of heat, dressed like that, so I was just wearing shorts and a t-shirt when I arrived. I got there around 30 minutes before the, the funeral was expected uh, or scheduled to take place. It was a country cemetery 
so it was surrounded by the bush and there was no one in sight. I changed quickly next to my car. If anyone stumbled across, across me, well, I thought they might as well enjoy the view. Well, maybe not. But I couldn't see anywhere else to change. There was an open grave in the cemetery, so I assumed, correctly as it turned out, that that must be the location. Next to the grave was one old, massive gum tree. I put my guitar, my guitar and the amp down next to the tree in the shade, and I drove the car away from the graveside. Now, when I walked back, I was already covered in sweat. It was by now about 20 minutes before the service had been scheduled, so I tuned up and started to play lightly on the guitar. Warming up the hands or voice is always a good habit to get into. The heat started to play havoc with the tuning, so I was constantly adjusting the strings as I warmed up. And I also found that I was sweating like crazy just holding the thing. I could see all the sweat marks across the instrument. I hate that. Soon after, it was the designated time for me to start. But no one was in sight. I was certain I was in the right location, so I waited. And waited some more. And then waited some more. Maybe 20 minutes or so later, I spied a cemetery worker walking from a building that was a few hundred metres away. I waved to him and we met up. He assured me that I was in the correct location, but that he had no more idea than I did as to what was actually happening with this funeral. So I went back to the tree and waited some more. By now, I was covered in sweat. My shirt was starting to look like I'd been swimming in it. It was a dark shirt. What a surprise, you might say, for those of you that know me, that I was wearing a dark colour. And so white sweat stains were becoming obvious on the fabric. The neck of the guitar, even though it was out of direct sunlight, was also becoming quite hot to touch. And I kept waiting. Maybe 90 minutes after the scheduled time, I heard the roar of a bike off in the distance. This was soon joined by the roar of another, then another, then maybe 10 more. Soon it was a cacophony of sound coming from the west. Heavy metal thunder indeed. Maybe 30 seconds later, the first bike entered the cemetery. It was a chopper. With the most ridiculous handlebars I think I've ever seen. The rider pulled up near the grave and sat there, revving the absolute crap out of the bike while holding onto the brakes. Dirt was flying everywhere as he dug the back wheel into the ground. Within a couple of minutes, over 100 bikes, I'm pretty sure they were all Harleys, had ridden in and pulled up as close as they could to the open grave. And then a tall man walked up and stood in front of everyone. His first words were the phrase that I mentioned at the start of this, uh, this episode. My head immediately shot to the ground. I so desperately wanted to laugh, but I dared not do so. Laughing at a funeral may not be seen as appropriate, no matter what the circumstance. And given my history with bikies, I certainly did not upset any, any one of them there. He was the son, probably told everyone to fuck off four or five times, before handing the occasion over to a minister. I think he was from the God Squad. 
If you haven't heard of that group, they're a Christian biker group that have ministers and the like amongst their ranks. He said very little, in fact, and the funeral was over very quickly. The guy on the chopper started his bike and revved the guts out of it again, digging an even deeper hole with the back wheel this time. He was gunning it so hard I thought he was about to lose control of the bike. It was shaking fiercely as he tried to control it. I actually had visions of him losing control and flying off into the open grave. Once more, that was something that I wanted to giggle at. Probably did a couple of times while looking at the ground and they'd sort of gone by then anyway. I had played for maybe five minutes in total that day. The son did acknowledge me as he walked back to his bike before leaving. He thanked me and asked if he could book me for the next one. I agreed, but I've not heard from him since. This is not the sort of thing that one would think a musician would be booked for, but I actually have played at a number of funerals, and generally I've been quite paid quite well for it. I'm typically reticent to discuss money for such occasions. I'm not the best at talking about money anyway, and often value myself less than I should. That can be traced back to my parents and how they talked about money with me as I grew up. That's another story. I normally let people offer an amount, and most of the times I accept it. I personally see this as a service I can provide for the family and friends in their moment of need. Music is part of our lives, from the beginning to end, and I often see my role as a musician as a contributor to these occasions, and it's a gift that I can share with others as required. There are numerous odd jobs that I've performed as a musician that many would never think about or even consider that a musician might do to earn income from. But they can be an additional income stream and that can make a difference to our economic position. That can be a good thing. Sometimes it is a very good thing. I'll talk about another time I worked with some bikies or worked for some bikies in another episode. I'll need to change a few IDs in that one because of what happened after the event that I was at. It, uh, it shocked me one morning to see one of them being led away by the police on the uh, national news. Anyway, catch you next time. If you've enjoyed this episode in this podcast and would like to see the podcast continue, perhaps you could uh, support me on my Patreon page or you could buy me a coffee. There'll be some links in the text.